Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am Divorced Not Dead. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said. Why do we put so much pressure on ourselves for the happily ever after? Does our love story really have to be one great lengthy novel, or can we be happy with a book of short but exciting love stories? I guess we'll find out on Divorce Not Dead. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey, so buckle up. Welcome back to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. Joining me right now, she's a very good friend of mine. We met when we were 17. We were completely different people. Now, here we are, 20-some-odd years later. Don't even make me say my age right now. But she is not only a friend of mine, she is a regular co-host on the Taylor Strecker Show. That's my radio show. She's just like a media maven. She works on the talent side. She works on the business side. Her name is Liz Cully. If you don't know her, you're fucking welcome because you're about to meet your favorite person in the world. Liz Cully, welcome to the podcast. Oh, my God. Thank you, Taylor. What an intro. I have... um... Thank you. I have to call my mom tomorrow. Will you just actually, every time I call my family, (laughs) I'll have you intro me that way so they realize how lucky they are that I'm a part of their family? That's what I think we should do. Absolutely. Every time. I mean, I feel so lucky that you're a part of my life. You've been on the podcast before. Yes. First was, God, a while ago. It was the last time I ever was on a plane or anywhere. It was when I was in New York in February. And... I kind of just, we talked about how we had met, which everyone should go back into the archives and listen to that um, very fun episode. They definitely should. But if for, in case they're feeling fucking lazy, real quick summarize how we know each other. Taylor was 17. I was 15. We met at the American Conservatory Theater summer camp. I fell in love with Taylor. Taylor fell in love with me. We did a lot of stupid high school shit like smoking Marlboro lights and Parliament lights and smoking a bunch of weed. And I took her to nightclubs because I was a rapscallion child that could like 
fiddle and fuddle my way through nightclubs in San Francisco. <laughs> we lost touch because there was no such thing as MySpace, Facebook, and Instagram, TikTok, Friendster, plenty of fish, whatever you call it. We lost touch. <laughs> I called her mom's house one time when I went to boarding school and was like, oh my God. How did you have my parents' phone number? Because that's, we all had, because you live there. That is so wild. That was your house number, girl. And right. I'm actually such a psychopath that I have written out lists of everybody's phone numbers because I always thought I was going to lose them. So I guarantee you in my keepsake box, which is right to the right of me in my closet i bet i could find your mom's why don't you number. call and prank call. it's the same number why don't you prank call my mom later today? oh crank call <laughs> here it comes babette get ready so anyway called you once you were telling me you were going to ithaca college i cried tears because you were like older and cooler then i was looking on the interwebs twitter comes into our world right guys you yes. following me we're talking 2001 2002 Taylor Strucker, a famous person, Cosmo Radio, I Lose My Shit. Maybe it's like 2004. I'm dead. No, it was like 2006 because I, I just know when I was on Okay, there. fine. Taylor's <laughs> famous. I'm dead. I'm going to college in New York now. Taylor and I meet at the Bubble Lounge in New York or Flute or some fucking champagne Yeah, it was, place, it was like a champagne bar is- right down the street from where I lived with my then boyfriend, then fiance, then husband, now husband, Chad. I coined the name Chad. I yes, meet did. these yep. two. Taylor's literally bounces down the street and is like, I'm getting married to this guy in like 2.5 seconds. Two <laughs> weeks later, they get engaged. Never hear from Taylor again. Watch her from the <laughs> internet. Can't believe how huge she's come. 10 years goes by. I work in media. I'm getting like a call. I'm putting together a branded content video and I need mothers and daughters in New York. Darren Karp, who is also a co-host on the Taylor Strucker show, and I have been brought together by a production company to do a show together and to become friends. I'm like, cool, I'll cast Darren. Sounds like a good idea. Barely know her. I get a sheet. I'm kind of rude to my talent people because I trust no bitch. I get a talent list of all these like up and coming comedians. And I'm like, no, no, scratch it. No, no, no. And then at the top of the list, I see Taylor Strucker. I lose my shit. Tell everybody I know Taylor Strucker. Everybody says to me, you say that you know everybody. I'm like, bitch, I do know everybody. <laughs> then I go on to the, uh, go on. And by the way, I'm doing a really good job. I go on. You're doing such a good list. Go, You're doing such a good <laughs> job. on Instagram, type in Taylor Strucker. I see Taylor Strucker, who's like my best BFF from summer, who I'm like longing after for 20 years with this like tall, sort of gay looking chick i'm like that's weird because i thought she married some whack-ass finance dude this looks confusing <laughs> then i see that darren carp follows you text over to darren carp like yo dude do you know taylor strecker she's like strecker <laughs> of course i go okay wait a minute looking through instagram seeing that you are g-a-y i'm like what the fuck now i'm g-a-y whoa everybody's gay holy shit and then Basically, Darren texted you to scare you. Do you know Liz Cully? You have the worst memory on the planet. You don't text back. It's fine. You think for a second, wait, of course I know that name. Then we are together. You've been on a guest of uh, my podcast, Scissoring Isn't a Thing, which I host with Darren. Now you've blessed me with my favorite job of all is a co-host on the Taylor Strucker Show. I never want to lose you again. It's never happening. Here I am. (sighs) That was good. That was good. Liz Cully, did you just like blow some meth before you came on the podcast? (laughs) 
some crystal. Blow some meth. Clearly, I've never done that. Yeah, clearly, you've never done drugs. Nobody says that, but. Well, well that's that not true, but I've never done meth. That I can promise you. I was, I mean, oh, please. I can't say that I, was I have so never. Wild. I feel like I've actually heard a lot of stories recently. Like in the last, like two, not even, in the last two to three weeks, I have listened to podcasts where I have heard people tell stories about accidentally doing meth. Like, a lot. It's awful. So. It's, uh, it was the worst 48 hours. Tell of yours my life. real quick. Oh, I, Just tell real quick. I was 16. I went oh, out, shit. which was all bad. And I. Um, Liz and I were not doing mess together no, or anything no, near it. We were like, smoke, what the worst we did was smoke hash. First of all, and it's that not was hash. It's weed, dude. Weed. No, we smoked weed and we also smoked hash. There's a difference. Because okay, okay. I remember I loved the hash. Yeah, it kind of gets you. It like gave me a head high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For no sure. paranoia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What happened to hash? Where the fuck is hash? I don't, is hash yeah, legal? where's hash at? Yo, D, put, throw <laughs> us in the DMs, hash dealer. Anyway, it was just like one night, uh, not shocking. All my friends were older than me. And actually, we were at one of the founding members of like Burning Man or some weird shit in the mission. Of course you were. Of course I was. And I was even wearing my Common of the Sacred Heart Catholic school uniform. And we walk <laughs> and everyone's like cool San Francisco hippie vibes, older. And I go in. We were hanging out, smoking joints, drinking, whatever, you know, casual Wednesday for me uh, back <laughs> in the year 2000. And um, now like Liz cries if she has a whole bottle of wine on a Saturday. I know. So the tides have changed, my friends. Actually, I'm crying that I haven't had a bottle of wine this past Saturday, I know. let me tell you. I know, I know. I can slam bottles of wine pretty easily, unfortunately. It's just other things I can't do so much. Anyway, so... We were hanging out and they're like, oh yeah, like let's do Coke. And I'm like, ooh, I didn't want to be like the nerdy 16 year old amongst like 30 year olds. You know what I mean? Cause that would oh be God. so weird. Um, yeah. And I just did a line. It was, and it was meth. Oh fuck. And then wait, what's that like? It's exactly what you think. <laughs> Snorting butane is like, it just, I felt crazy and well what i think is that you immediately have to take all your stuff and move into a trailer and yeah. then what i also think is that you lose all of your tooths tooths all of them, all the tooths immediately yeah and then you and start then picking at your skin and you like pick the shit yeah. out of your face. actually this is kind of funny and i hate to admit it but at this point the things that i've said on the taylor strucker show like the fact that i still have a job bless it up thank you you're not you know? going anywhere ever it's your it's if you don't want it that's the only way you're gonna be able to leave is if you're like i need to get out out of here. No, I mean like also my day job, but you know, because I, oh, yeah, I talk all the <laughs> shit on the internets these days. Anyway, I ended up being so cracked out. I wrote like poetry, like slam poetry <laughs> for 48 hours and didn't sleep. It was so gross. She makes me horny Saturday morning. Girls and cartoons <laughs> will leave you uh, in ruins. Why ain't I Betty's Barney? Yeah, I think. No, no, no. I think it was that. I think I did that. I think I was like, air. What is air? What is light? Like, just so fucking high. Anyway, I don't, I don't, I don't suggest it. You know what's really crazy is to watch television no. these days. I, I, I just finished the industry or industry rather. No, the, I don't want to sound like an old person. Industry on HBO which is really good, has some flaws, but it's good. It's fun to, fun to watch, um, you know, because what else do we have to do? And they just do coke the entire time. 
And I looked at my wife. I'm like, dude, does everyone do blow? And remember the first time I was on this podcast, I, I had just been to a wedding at the box in New York, which is basically yes, like had. a burlesque sex club, which is crazy. And I, it's like the craziest location for a wedding ever. It was sick. It's very cool. It's like, I feel like like Mary Kay Olsen will get married there with like, you know, loose cigarettes and these huge like totally. vases everywhere. That's yeah. literally what it was. And I yeah. left because I was so drunk I couldn't stand up anymore. Typically the time to go home. By the way, just so I know, every time I go to the box or used to go to the box, I have to watch the show with one eye closed because I'm always so wasted. I'm, I'm double vision there. <laughs> I was one eye willing it the whole time. I was like, Ooh. um, And I left. And the next day, you know, we all, all the girls gathered for brunch. Everyone's like, oh, God, yeah. When we started doing coke, I'm like, what? I was with everyone. They're like, yeah, no, you're not like with everyone. I guess if you're not like on coke or don't do coke you don't really get invited to the after party and you don't really know what's going on i was like apparently my own world so i don't know everybody does coke except for you and for me no it's crazy one time i got invited to a so this girl's birthday party in new york city and it was a porn and coke party and i truly was like lies and lies she's lying like i'm like she's lying she's full of shit she thinks she sounds cool whatever we're gonna go it's gonna be like just a regular party with booze. She was not lying. She was true thing. And she had like hired these like, like cage dancing girls from like a night club no, to come walk around with trays. And I was like, we gotta get out of here. We gotta go to jail. I was like <laughs> freaking out, losing my mind. My friend's boyfriend locked himself in a bathroom with a tray. Shit got bad real quick. So um, yeah, that does exist. It's like me at a strip club where I'm just like apologizing to them the whole time. I'm like, hi, how are you? Oh, that's what you do at a strip club? At a strip club, I yell at everybody. Most of the patrons, but just everybody in general. And I'm like, get you kicked out real quick. sinners, all of you. I'm the prudest lesbian on the face of the planet. You know that, right? Know. I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm always just like, so are you in school? How are you? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, your skin's so soft. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ah, can I touch you here? Like, I just, I hate it. I actually don't ever, I don't think I ever need to go into a strip club again. I've been into I'm a lot of with strip you. clubs. It's so funny. We were so wild and straight when we were teenagers. And now here we are, a bunch of boring old lesbians. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's why you're on the podcast. Oh, good. Because, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you guys haven't seen it already, there's a movie on Hulu. It's a Hulu original, and it's called Happiest Season. It stars Kristen Stewart, who's legit the worst. Oh, However, I'm so glad we have the same opinion on that. Continue. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Sakara. So you want to feel better about what you eat, but sometimes it's hard to prepare healthy meals that also taste good. With Sakara, you can actually reach your health goals without sacrificing taste. Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-based ingredients, and they're designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. It's time for a glow-up, girl. And ooh, the menu they have of creative, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. It changes weekly, so you never get bored. And it's delivered fresh anywhere in the U.S., 
And along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience the power of plants as medicine with their best-selling metabolism super powder. Made with organic raw cacao, it works to boost energy, eliminates bloating, that's my problem, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue, The New York Times, Goop, and so much more. And the best part right now, Sakara is offering any of my listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash Taylor and enter my code Taylor at checkout. Again, that's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash T-A-Y-L-O-R, Taylor, to get 20% off your first order. What are you waiting for? Sakara.com slash Taylor. And now to the podcast. Tay and I were really hesitant to watch it because of her being in it. But the rest of the cast is insane. It's like, I love Mary Steenberg. I mean, is it Steenberg or Steinberg? It doesn't matter. It, is it Mary Steenberg or Steinberg? Oh, it's Steenberg. Steen, I got it right. I got something right yeah, for the first for you. time in my life. Oh, okay. So Steenburgen. <laughs> I don't know. We got Steenburgen. Oh, I, I couldn't read my own writing. Steen, I wrote notes. That's how I'm doing so good today. Uh, Mary Maybe you did the Steen- math before the show. <laughs> Not me. Are my tubes falling out? That's usually an indication. <laughs> um, there's also Allison Brie, fucking Aubrey Plaza, Dan Levy. It's like, it just like the list goes on and on. Oh, Mackenzie Davis from my favorite episode of Black Mirror called San Junipero. And if you're a lesbian, you fucking know it. And if you are a straight person, it probably made you question your sexuality. It's just like the best episode of Black Mirror in the entire world. Anyway, crazy, amazing cast. Um, Mary Holland. I actually didn't know her, but check her ass out. She's funny as fuck. She plays this kooky sister Jane. Oh, she was and, the best. Oh, she was the best. I it got. I did like a bunch like of research. Only redeemable character in that whole thing. Okay, continue. It it got eighty five percent. Buy Rotten Tomatoes and 83%, or maybe that was reversible. Whatever. Basically the same rating from Rotten Tomatoes and, like, the audience. Like, Wait, it, you also forget a, that it was written and directed by Clea Duvall. I did forget that. Thank you very Which much. Which is the biggest lesbian co-sign ever. Clea Duvall, just look her up on well, Wikipedia. You know I'm a baby. And I think you know, it, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a baby lesbian. I don't know, I know all but these she things. is so gay looking that even when we were this in communion, we were like, oh, yeah, she a, she a gay. <laughs> Claire Duval, okay, okay. yeah. Okay, continue, continue, continue. Okay, so again, it's called Happy Season. The cast is amazing. And so Tay and I were like, fuck it, let's watch it. I tell you, Liz Cully, I, I was laughing, I was crying, mm-hmm. I was feeling all the feels. And I said to Tay, that is like definitely hands down my new favorite holiday movie. Okay, I feel like it's- That's a bold fam- statement. I know. Well, I love fa- the f- no. What is it? Is it the Family Stone? I'm doing that thing where you talk about going on the Instagram. Is it Family Stone or the Family Stone? Family Stone. The family. The Family Stone. <laughs> anyway, I like that movie I guess too. I did do math. I like that. Movie. I love that movie, but I felt like it was a funny, more comedic version of the Family Stone. But it still had that heart. But like the Family Stone can get real fucking heavy. This could, I. I, I, it was real heavy for me and Tay, but we're also lesbians and we had to come out to our families. And that's like a really big portion of this, you know, storyline, plot line. Um, and there's a pivotal scene that I do want to talk about. It's a little bit of a spoiler, but like, fuck it. Like you can fast forward. I'll give you a warning. 
But anyway, I want to talk about this movie because I think it's a fantastic holiday movie. I encourage everybody to watch it. Gay, straight, it doesn't fucking matter. Um, and I am obsessed with it. Truly obsessed. So I wanted to bring you on because I know you've also watched it and I wanted to know what you think of this movie. So everything you said is, well, so many things you said is correct correct in how I feel. Amazing cast, so jazzed that we have a queer holiday movie. So happy. I think there were a lot of really funny moments in it. I think that it felt very fresh and relevant. I think Kristen Stewart is the actual worst and she was palatable in this film. I thought she was I liked her. I, I know it was crazy. Her. It was crazy. I actually haven't read anything negative from the LGBTQ plus community directly, but I did see Kristen and Dan and the, both of the directors. So say the director's name Clay again. Duvall. Okay. And also Mary Holland, who played Jane, she also, I think, co-wrote it. Oh, with that's her. cool. And that she, makes sense. She's yeah, super she, talented. And she is also a lesbian. So oh. it, she was like her writing a lot about her experiences. So basically, you know, I saw a lot of them kind of in interviews where they were, if you will, defending certain parts of yeah. the film. Um, so I'm not surprised. I wasn't surprised when you told me that there's actually some like negative feedback. This is what I found. And I watched it with two other lesbians on the okay. day after Thanksgiving. And we watched it together and we were like, should we watch it? Eh, eh. It looks cute. We watched a trailer. I giggled. You know what I mean? Dan Levy, I think is always hysterical and amazing. He's so great. And you know, the, the criticism, and it's interesting because like on my social accounts, listen to Liz, you should follow me. No, not a lot of backlash, but on the Instagram account that I run for my LGBTQ plus podcast called Scissoring Isn't a Thing, the memes yeah. were like really intense. And I think the, Ooh, do tell. Yeah, the general sentiment specifically, well, not specifically, but what I felt from overwhelming from the lesbian and queer women identifying tribe okay. is that like fuck harper fuck her Sh abby well, so should have played by mackenzie davis yeah, yeah fuck her you know she basically what happens in the film is that she hasn't come out to her parents she brings kristen stewart abby home her family's super waspy which i'm sure you and i could both relate to <sighs> super yeah. similar to my family and She's not out because she doesn't want to disappoint her dad, who's like running for local office. office and yeah. she hides Abby. And there's just all these lies and lies and lies. And then her sister, Alison Brie, who Alison Brie, nobody plays a skinny, annoying cunt better than Alison Brie. <laughs> like, she really is the best at playing that role. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I feel like she really is cool and amazing. My drop it like wonderful. it's hot is that she adopted cats from my friend. Nuh-uh. Yeah, too. Well, by the way, if you don't listen to the Taylor Strecker show, you miss out on Liz constantly. Liz is the biggest, and I say this with total love and admiration, biggest name dropper in the yeah, world. And so we created a segment for her called Drop It Like It's Hot. And, oh, she always got a I always have shit. one. Yeah, so Allison, <laughs> and I also saw her, she worked out next to me at a workout class, but this was during Glow. And I swear to God, oh. if I had blown any harder, she would have just crumpled and fallen and flown out the fucking window. I mean, she is the <laughs> smallest person I've ever seen. But apparently she is cool. Anyway, yeah. so Alison Bree's character, who is Harper's sister, outs yep. her in the most yep. vile, disgusting vile. way. 
And I yes. and then blah blah blah. Mackenzie, who's Harper, has this pattern of like not outing herself, but outing other people and blaming and like being really homophobic and and like denying denying, denying she is. And I think and and yeah and and like and like literally outing other people, throwing them under the fucking sure. bus, and then claiming that I'm no, I'm not gay. I'm straight. I'm straight. I'm straight. And yeah, I think really so. I think a really lot bad. of the queer community was like. Ooh, she is toxic as fuck. And what we yes. wanted to see happen was Abby, Kristen Stewart's character, who does break up with her several times and is like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Kind of just move on. But what happens is that they are, end up together. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. They end up together, and it's like everyone's fine within less than 24 hours and, like, wearing matching pajamas and opening up Christmas presents. And I think what the criticism was or maybe the notes of the film was like one that's unrealistic as fuck yes we're watching a christmas movie but like uh what two harper just everybody let it slide that allison brie very like maliciously outed her and i think that triggers a lot of people and then third harper is a bitch like straight up and then aubrey plaza's character who i know we haven't mentioned is harper's ex-girlfriend from high school who she was terrible to and everybody hoped that kristen stewart and aubrey plaza would get back together then we've got dan levy and the last thing i will say which i never thought about this and this wasn't my experience but again here i am just apparently being the mouth mouthpiece for the fucking queer community i just love yeah i love a meme what can i say (laughs) <laughs> I read an article, I believe, on Autostraddle that just made a comment within the article saying that they felt like Dan Levy was kind of mansplaining Kristen Stewart the entire time. Oh, now that is the internet looking to be motherfucking offended. Which I don't disagree. I'm just giving you the information. I'm not saying he's that's sa- fine. He's a sassy gay friend. He's like, he's fabulous. And yeah, he's a little condescending, but... She's she's making bad decisions exactly. and he's trying to steer her in the right direction. It's out of love. He's like, it's it's tough love, if right. you will. And then he 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 comes back and he's like, I'm sorry, I was too hard on you. And then she's like, oh, Harper's a fucking c word. And then what do you call oh, them? Cuntosaurus. Not, not allowed to swear on this podcast. No, I just I don't say that word short, but I do say Cuntosaurus. I just don't like it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> so I, yeah, and here, so my me Liz Cully takeaway is one: I'm super yes. glad that this film exists. Two: I'm glad that it was on Hulu. Everybody's cheap, and most people watch free content on Hulu because they paid for it anyway. So the chances right. that are a bunch of straight people watch this film are pretty high, and I'm pretty jazzed on that. Three: It made Kristen Stewart for the first time ever palatable. Yeah, like like tolerable tolerable (laughs) yeah i was like okay four actually here i'm not done with my takeaways there was no sexual chemistry between abby and harper at all even though they are technically two hot slightly femme whatever the fuck they are girls that i would typically like to watch make out zero sex vibes five the wig that harper was wearing was so obvious and bad every other scene she had a different hairdo like go get nicole kidman's wig? wig yes girl (laughs) that was lost on me go get nicole kidman's wig person six (laughs) yes i found the outing problematic and i think that there had could have been this amazing opportunity for more people straight there otherwise really like looking at that specific behavior and being like whoa but it felt like Allison Bree just got like away with it in this weird strange way it did feel like she got away with it but you know not to 
like, it, I mean, it doesn't really matter because that's the most important secret. But, like, Allison Breeze also, she has a secret with her husband that she's been hiding. So I think it's less of, well, and also I feel like the, the girls being so awful to each other is because they're competing for their parents' love. Right. So I feel like the blame is more put on the parents for, like, creating this dynamic amongst the girls. Yeah, they, true. I just think that's where people's shock value was. It's No, it's so fucked up. It was up. very like, fucked. somebody is the worst thing in the world. And it's like... Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was horrible. So I cried so much at many different parts. But like, I mean, I was like sobbing, tears streaming down my face. And I kept thinking like, I wonder if, you know, if if somebody straight would watch this, if, if they could feel the same way. Because when you are somebody who has had to come out in your life, there, I, I wonder if people can really like empathize and grasp what that feels like if they've never had to do it. I always, you know, I wonder about mm. that, especially with a movie like this. Like I was like, I wonder if like this is going to be mainstream and loved by many or if this is like some sort of like, you know, queer swan, swan song for us. I that That's what I was Yeah, and I think, wondering. you know, so not to make it all about me, but we had this guest... Dave Quinn on Scissoring Isn't yep. a Thing, my podcast for Thanksgiving. Uh, he is an entertainment writer. He covers Bravo for People, Entertainment Weekly, etc. And he talked about at, I believe it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, yeah, coming yep. out to his family. And what a time to come out! Oh, the, Whew, oh as if the holidays aren't hard enough. I know, right? Seriously, it's like right? The worst. So he spoke in detail on the podcast about his family rejecting him and he has no relationship with his family anymore oh. which is super sad he's close with one brother and that's it his sister even shunned him which like fuck her i don't know if you're listening fuck i don't her. know and also i mean i understand it being hard for parents i just it's i i mean i don't think it's okay but i can see it being hard um it was definitely not the easiest road to go down with my parents but your fucking siblings well that's God. what was so whack but it was interesting and it's you know, in speaking about this particular film and you you made the comment that, you know, I think the film was trying to show more that the parents had made this demise of these girls, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was all about competing for love and appearances. And Dave made the same or a similar rather comment on our podcast about why he felt like his family probably just couldn't get over him being gay. And it was all about kind of this ideal of what they should be in appearances. What will my friends, what will think? My friends think? And, you know... um, I think a lot of parents go through that. And I think a lot yeah. of families, you know, have different reactions. Some people are totally happy, positive about it. Some people, it's not too bad. It takes a while. I mean, that's what's been so interesting about hosting this podcast and constantly asking queer people yeah. how they came out every single week is because everybody has a different story. Um you know well to well so before you go sure. on so to that point <clears throat> there is a scene so yes so spoilers on spoilers yeah, on don't spoilers podcast if you or just you can watch the movie and it's I think I think it would still be enjoyable even with the spoiler. Although I will say this, the movie, what I did love about it too was it took turns I was not expecting like at all a lot of times. The no, best part was for me was those naughty little twins. <laughs> Classic. I like you love, love misbehaving I children. love a naughty little bad baby. <laughs> I love it. I can't help it. So after 
the sister, uh, her name's Harper, is outed by her sister. She denies it. She says, no, I'm not. She, like, she doubles down on her reputation for not only is she hiding, right, that she's gay and that she's in the closet, even though she has a, like, live-in girlfriend, but now she's just flat out denying it. And everyone, I mean, I was even like, fuck her. I was rooting for it the whole time, and then I'm like, fuck this, forget this. Run off with Aubrey Plaza. I'm totally. here for that. <clears throat> And so Kristen Stewart's outside, like, walking around, like, like just trying to figure out what she's going to do. She has the potential to leave because Dan Levy's there to, like, pick her up to, like, save her. And he gives her, there's a speech that happens about coming out. I'm going to read it, okay? Ooh, yes, And so, time. I know, your girl did to research. Are you so impressed? God, can you give me your meth dealer's information? Can he slide <laughs> into my DMs? So, as Abby's grappling with pretending that, you know, she's just a friend of Harper's, John, Dan Levy, asks her, well, what did your parents say when you came out? And she replies that they loved and supported me. And he said, that's amazing. My dad kicked me out of the house and didn't talk to me for 13 years after I told him. And that's when I, because I actually thought that she was going to be like, I actually thought she never was going to have to come out because a part of the storyline mm-hmm. is that her parents died when she was 19. So I was like, maybe she never even had to come out. Because, and then I immediately thought, shit, like if you didn't have to come out to your parents and you're gay, like that's, a t- that's something that I would, I mean, I had to come up to my parents. It's the fucking scariest thing in the world. So I was having all the feels during the scene. And then he said, everybody's story is different. There's your version and my version and everything in between. And I think that a lot of times straight people especially, and how can you understand if you haven't gone through it, but I think that people think it's either like your parents send you to gay camp and it's pray the gay away, like horrible, they disown you, kind of like Dave's story. Or it's like, we always knew, congratulations, here's a tiara. And there, I think that so many more of us are in the middle. Like those are, those are extremes and uh, extreme ends of the spectrum. And that's why I love what he says here because it's, yeah, it's his story, horrible, her story, like wonderful and supportive and mostly everything in between. He said, but the one thing that all those stories have in common is that moment right before you say those words, when your heart is racing and you don't know what's coming next, that moment's really terrifying. And then once you say those words, you can't unsay them. A chapter has ended and a new one's begun and you have to be ready for that. You can't do it for anyone else just because Harper isn't ready. It doesn't mean she never will be and it doesn't mean she doesn't love you. I could cry right now. And I looked at Tate after the movie was done and I was like, did I like Harper you? Did I pull you back into the fucking closet? Like I made, like I waited like a year to come out on the air. Now I told friends and family, it was very hard with my parents. Um, but the moral of the story is they eventually came around and it took me kind of being steadfast in like, this is who I am and not being threatening, but being like, if you don't like this, this, life that I am in now or you need time with it that's fine but you're not going to see me a lot because I can't be around like this uh, emotion and I can't stay up till four o'clock in the morning talking about this and you guys asking a million questions like you can ask you can ask like a million questions but you're asking 12 million questions you know what I mean and I kind of just said like it, and it wasn't like, I wasn't threatening them. I wasn't like, if you don't accept this, I'm not going to be your daughter. But I was like, if you don't, if you can't come to terms with this and be and normalize this in your, in your own mind, it's going to change our relationship. And I won't be as involved in your life and you won't be as involved in mine. Cause if there is an area of my life that it's uncomfortable to talk about, it's going to change everything. Yeah. And I will say to my parents credit, like they really fucking 
manned up and they came around and it didn't happen overnight it took time but like they like and yes of course this movie it's a fucking movie suspend your disbelief right like everybody's the honky-dory the very next day and the dad's like you know what I'm sorry and I'm going to completely blow this campaign that I put all my savings in I think that was the thing right is like it is a Hulu movie and it is a holiday movie you gotta like turn people around so I see what you're saying exactly Yes. I hear you. I hear you. And I think you're, and first of all, I'm so proud of you for standing Thank up you. for yourself. That is hard. Weird. I can imagine that that was hard. I was like a total pussy about it. So, well, can I, so wait, I know people, of course, on the radio show have heard your story, sure. but can you tell your coming out story? Cause I feel like, and this is what you guys do. And just, if you guys have not listened, you should. Scissoring isn't a thing. It's a great <laughs> podcast. Liz is a co-host. Darren Karp is a co-host. And really go listen to the Dave Quinn episode because it's, Liz, you cried. I did cry. Well, cause it really stung, stung me, you know, a lot. I mean, my it's interesting so I'm the youngest of four kids my I have one brother full brother and he's like a year and a half older than I am and he came out when I was in ninth grade and he was in 10th grade and he's been gay forever I mean I don't think that was like that big of a shock to anybody right and I was a late bloomer I identify as bisexual that even that took a long time because at first I'm like well don't I have to be a lesbian I'm like no I like still had some good times with some dudes like why do I have like that dick I don't mind a dick I don't want like a dick in my face ever dick which means I'm a lesbian yeah that is so gay right (laughs) I know whatever it's fine they're scary and pokey yeah fair (laughs) Um, I think I realized I don't love penetration, if I'm being completely honest here, oh, if yeah. we're sharing. Oh, okay. See, I like penetration. I don't like any of the other stuff. I'm like, get it away. Really? Oof, no thanks. Oh, girl, we could never have sex. Okay. <laughs> that would be really weird. That'd be like boning my sister. Couldn't do it. Oh, oh. God. Um... So, yeah, I mean, so basically my brother came out when we were quite young. I experimented with men and women and had boyfriends. And, you know, I think when I turned about 20, when I turned 25, I fell in love with the first woman I had ever really fallen in love with. I think I talked about this on my first episode with you on this podcast. And because I can't talk, say who it was. And I was so in love. The first, see, you're marrying, which I'm so excited. Your first female love. Thank God mine kicked my ass to the curb and broke my heart into thousands and thousands of pieces. But I had never felt like feelings like, I mean, I just was, I felt like I got sucked into this tornado and I was going round and round and round and round. And then when the tornado moves over to Nebraska and it leaves Los Angeles, it plops you right down on the ground as hard as possible. And then a house comes and it crashes right on top of you. You might've seen that movie before. (laughs) So, and you don't end up in a yellow brick road. You end up in West Hollywood drinking at fucking that horrible Mexican restaurant next to the Abbey and you just go and throw up everywhere. It was terrible. At least it wasn't dimples in the fucking valley. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so anyway, so I really fell in love with this woman and then I dated a guy who I really, really loved, who I probably could have ended up with, but I looked at him and I was like, I don't think this journey of dating women is over and Uh I really care about you but I just I I gotta go figure myself out and then many 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 frogs kissing lots of frogs later I ended up meeting my wife and and that's when I knew 
I had to come out to my parents. And she was just like, dude, I am so gay and have been out for so long. You've got to come out. I'm like, okay. And, you know, she had moved in with me. I was just, or she was about to move in with me. I was so terrified. I went, um, I'm from San Francisco. I went up to visit my dad from Los Angeles for the weekend. And he looked at me. We're having, you know, a couple of bottles of Sancerre, your favorite, Taylor. Yes, yes, you are. And we're sitting out on the dock and we're looking at the Golden Gate Bridge. And he goes, you're not ugly. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool, 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 cool. This is something my dad was, I was like, so me. weird. I was like, right, 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 right. And he goes, cool, 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 cool. Thanks, thanks, thanks. And my dad's from New Zealand, you know. He's like, all right, yeah, all right. You're not ugly. I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> cool. And he's like, how come you haven't had a boyfriend in so long? Have you been? Have you just not dating? Like, what's going on with you? And as I, I just that moment that you described in that speech from Dan Levy, like it was right. almost as if I was about to throw up. And I was just like, well, I have a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, I figured, and. Really? Then oh, he, I love when the parents fucking out you. My mom out of me in the car on the way home from Logan Airport. And I wanted to throw Ugh, myself Logan out of the airport. Vehicle. Not my fave. So, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, God. It's the only one we got. I'm not going to Providence. Fair. Providence, P Town. What? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You might want to. So, you know, <laughs> anyway, so, and then he kind of went into this like, your mom's going to flip her shit. And to make a very yeah. long story short, my dad told me he wasn't going to tell my mom. And then he decided to tell her on her birthday. Right, 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 right. Which <laughs> oh, didn't shit. go well. And then my mom called me and she said some really, really hurtful things. And I think that's where I really identified with Dave Quinn is that she really just said things that I probably don't think I'll ever forget really made you can't control here's the thing about coming out you know is that you can't control other people's reaction to it ever ever like and the thing is we have to do this for the rest of our lives it's interesting I'm not obviously entertaining clients like I was because of the pandemic but I mean I just Mm -hmm. felt like every fucking time I was in a meeting or now that I'm home I'm like my wife my dog my this like it's kind of like here we are my podcast scissoring they're like whoa I'm like yeah you know I mean it's just almost been easier not having to constantly meet as many new people but it is exhausting right and the amount of yeah especially you and I I think that are femme waspy Mm -hmm. country club looking hoes people (laughs) are always shocked you know and yeah. so it's always like, what? Yeah. And I know. And then they want you to tell to them for like a 45 minutes about your whole life. Yeah. I'm just like, we bump vaginas. <laughs> it's called scissoring. That's all we do. I have bruises. It's <laughs> terrible. But no, and I, and I, you know, and I, no coming out story is perfect. And for the people that, you know, I've spoken to that, you know, like the Kristen Stewart in the movie that was like, my parents gave me a hug and took me for a hot cocoa and everything was cool. They're at some point, unfortunately, going to either have to come out to somebody at work or, you know, be in a situation that likely isn't great. Right now, 2020, if yeah. you are above the age of 25, likely you are going to have to, you've had some sort of awkward moment, whatever that looks like. So I think you're right in really focusing in on this, just to bring it back to the movie, to, br- yeah. to focus in on Dan Levy's speech, I think 
is great. And I think that is what yeah. sums up the movie. And I think, listen, the queer community, you know, they fa- they love to fact check a bitch, let me tell you. They love <laughs> to p- keep you crossing them T's, dotting them I's. Are you telling me there's a bunch of Karens in the queer community? Queer Karens? A hundred percent. Without a doubt. Is that why the Karen haircut is like it is? Because it's... <laughs> yeah. All of us lesbians just checking. It's each actually other. Sharon's haircut. Just kidding. I like feel like every like lesbian like don't you, doesn't that just coin it like a lesbian named Sharon with like a Karen haircut? <laughs> there you go, Sharon. That's what we're gonna call the Karens in the queer community, Sharon. Because it's not Sharon, it's Sharon. Get it? Just kidding. So it's like this. Uh, a friend of mine um, <laughs> dated this woman who's such a bitch. For all this time, and her name was Deborah, but it's spelled Deborah. And when I met her, I, I <laughs> and we were at the Abbey, and you know, you like show your ID in the line, get in. And I was like, Yeah, Deborah, like whatever, nice to meet you. She's like, Actually, it's Deborah. I'm like, mm, Is it? Is it Deborah or is it Deborah? And you're just like really chopping and screwing it and making it into something of your own. Unclear. So Sharon is now the Karen of the fucking queer community. Queer and yeah, community. and you know, it's a, you, we've talked about it on the podcast. I've talked about it in my friend group. I think, you know, sometimes uh, people really hold you to the standard. Like you need to, you can't ask questions and you need to know everything and you need to know, you know, this, that, and the other. And not everybody knows. And it, And just because, you know, you're queer or in the lgbtq plus community it doesn't mean you have to be a fucking expert on everything in the lgbtq plus community that said you know it was interesting to see the passion of criticism for this film you sure there were moments where i think it was like oh but maybe you know now that we think about it maybe that's okay too like maybe a christmas film isn't supposed to be perfect and it's okay that like you know, the coming out of Harper. Well, actually, I don't believe that. I don't think Alison Brie, who was like such a cuntosaurus in that film, needed yeah. to like violently out her in this like crazy way. Super public. <clears throat> like, it was just so nasty. Shameful. It was super nasty. And I think that could have maybe have had a moment to be addressed a little bit more. But yeah, so it wasn't a perfect I, 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 movie. I, I, I'll give, that. but it was, I think, nonetheless, I, I, or needless to say, rather, I think it was an important movie to be had, and it, it'd be fun to see more, you know, uh, holiday movies, or I don't know, give me a fucking thrill Halloween thriller. I don't watch them, but sure, have it be about some queer people, you know, where it doesn't just have to be the like sassy gay best friend or like the mean lesbian named Sharon. Like it doesn't have to just be those two characters, you know, or the like trans sex worker, because I've been watching that new mountain sky or big sky show. Yes. Yes. And there was a trans character on that show. And of course she's a fucking sex worker. And of course in the second episode, right. somebody asks her if she has a penis. And while the one of the people checks the other character, like, hey, you're not really allowed to say that and apologizes. And it is now, hold on, as I'm saying all this, I also want to say visibility, like representation and visibility matters. So the fact that I'm even talking about a fucking ABC show that has a trans person who playing a trans person is amazing and talking about it, it does give me a little cringy pause here and there because, you know, in interviewing quite a bit of 
different people in the LGBTQ plus community, yes. this idea that trans people, in particular trans women, just play sex workers on SVU or sex workers on ABC right. show, it kind of sucks. And it would be great to show as many different variations of trans people as we can. So what I'm trying to say is I think we're headed in a really great place. It, it was nuts, you know? So good on you, Clea Duvall. But no, I think it was... And, and here's the thing. It gave everybody something to do and something to watch. I mean, my God, this has been a long fucking nine months, you know? I, so, yeah, I think well, representation, visibility matters. The more people that look like your best friend or look like your mom or look like your cousin or look like your dad or look like your favorite teacher that are mm-hmm. queer is better. And the more diversity we can show, the better. Honestly, like the kids in my life, they are so cool about me and Taylor together. What they're not cool about are my chubby armpits. <laughs> mm. I'm telling you, they Those don't say kids. one weird thing about me and Tabian together, but they're always like, Auntie, your armpits are so mushy. I'm like, you can you <laughs> like, ask more questions oh my about God. us being in a same sex relationship, please? Yeah. And leave my armpits alone. <laughs> You're like, why don't you ask me what a strap on is? I think that would make me <laughs> less uncomfortable than you pointing out my pandemic 15, you dick. <laughs> Go take a hike, Timmy. Go fucking play soccer by yours. Go kick that ball up against a fucking wall because that's about all you're going to get until 2021 spring. Way to miss hockey season and soccer and swimming. How's that for fucking your life, fucker? Oh, my God. Anyway. I don't know where we just went with that, but sorry. I don't either, but that's why I love you. But, yeah, so I, so I think... So we both agreed we enjoyed it, and yes, it was not a perfect movie, but really, like, what is? And despite its imperfections, I think overall, I hope overall, everybody watches it. I, I like they're not paying me by the way to promote this movie. I just yeah, I know. I was like, did we get an influencer box? Also, if you're listening, anyone at Hulu, um, we are queer influencers, and I'm offended that I didn't get a. <laughs> Like, welcome to the hula days, like, fucking hot hula box, you dicks. We're influential over here, folks. Yeah, we're doing the shit out of the kindness of our heart. Also, what you guys I don't realize is that Taylor is recording this episode in a Christmas palace, so <laughs> it is very themed. <laughs> I'm in the dark. The, the, the lights have just... I'm literally sitting in the dark. God, this whole, like daylight savings thing what a bummer oh it's for the it's for the birds like what what the fuck what a bummer liz thank you for joining me you brought perspectives to this that i just thought we were just gonna like kibitz over like loving the movie and just be like i cried i cried i'm happy that you uh brought some knowledge and information i love you know i love the memes the gay memes are the best me no here's what i will say i'm gonna lump them all into a category, which we all love generalizations. <laughs> the gay memes, no one does better. Like no one can pull out a meme true, true. better than the gays. So they really went hard in the paint after Harper. And um, 
like somebody, one of them was like, what is it called again? Something different. What is it called? It's called Happiest Season. Happiest Season. Like the horror, <laughs> fil- like a horror film, calling it a horror movie. <laughs> Anyways, funny. I, I didn't really sum uh, that up. Oh, actually, can I tell you one thing that was amazing? Yeah. Speaking of Drop It Like It's Hot and the holidays, um, you know, we've talked. Thank you very much for giving me all this airtime with Dave Quinn. Um, I'm his manager now, apparently, uh, on scissoring isn't a thing, but a lot of the, um, housewives, because he covers them, watch or listen to the episode apparently. And during the holidays, I had, um, two reach out to me, one Heather Gay, who's on Salt Lake City, who's the best, who's speaking of a LGBTQ plus ally, somebody made a really derogatory trans basically saying that she appeared to be trans and she had an incredible clap back, which we discussed on the show. And she listened to the show and was super passionate about it and was like, fuck this. And then Bronwyn from the Real Housewives of Orange County, who one of her colleagues on the show, you know, kind of referenced her sexuality as quote being confused which is pretty offensive by the way to all the straights that are listening don't say that people are confused that's rude and she and I were DMing a little bit because she had listened to the show on Thanksgiving so my Thanksgiving turned into like the queerest gayest bravoiest day of my life and I was so excited and again what I think is so interesting about you know the holidays and coming out and reality tv i'm putting a bow on it don't worry taylor i know you want to wrap this puppy up (laughs) is that it's all interconnected right and it really we do need our non-lgbtq friends and allies and folks to rally around us and listen to our stories and watch our content and I think, yes. again, what I kind of said a little bit earlier is that I'm hoping that a lot of people, straight people watch this holiday film and, and learned a thing or two because, you know, that's what, that's what we need. We need these straight people to come or whatever. I don't, I don't think Bronwyn identifies as straight, but I think Heather Gay does. Right. And I think the more allyship we can show each other, even if it's not about being queer, if it's about even just being a woman or being disabled or whatever it is the better we all just got to be cool to each other you know what i mean a fucking men all right that's it thank you taylor i love you i love you you guys make sure to listen speaking of supporting and listening listen to liz cully her podcast scissoring isn't a thing she does it with darren carp also check her out and uh make sure to listen to the dave quinn episode i'm actually everyone knows i don't listen to podcasts really but I'm going to listen to it. It's really long, so. <laughs> That's okay. There you I've go. Got the time. And also follow Liz at Listen to Liz. We're trying to get this bitty up to a swipe up. That's 10,000 people. So let's do it. At Listen to Liz. You want to show your support for the LGBTQ plus community? Follow fucking at Listen to Liz. Snaps. Boom. Thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. I love you so much. You're funny. You're smart. You're fabulous. Thanks, girl. You're welcome, girl. Um, Okay, guys, that's it for us this week. Follow me as well, by the way, at Taylor Strecker on the gram. And then make sure to please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. I don't... 
Stay on your grandma's fucking phone, okay? And give me a nice review and a five-star please and thank you. Just steal all your family members. Hey, the holidays are about being with family and stealing their phones to like your favorite podcaster's podcast. Please and thank you. That's all I want for the holidays. Oh, my God. That's what I miss about going to bars. I was such a dick. People would be like, oh, my God, what's your phone number? And I would take their phone, go on Instagram real quick, find my ass, follow, like a couple of photos and keep it moving, boo. That is what I'm telling you. Once we get out of this pandemic, we get that vaccine, everybody's healthy and hopped up on pregnazone. Let me tell you, grab somebody's phone, subscribe to Taylor Strucker's podcast, Taste of Taylor. Who doesn't like the taste of Taylor? I mean, (laughs) nobody doesn't. So do it. I don't know. Liz, I love the math is wearing off to Liz. (laughs) You guys, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week with another incredible podcast. Until then, bye girl. Bye. Bye.